Welcome back to Life MMA in the NBA. I'm your host, DJ San Marco, along with my brother, Nicholas Cazono. How's it going, Nick? I'm good. I'm good. How are you, sir? Uh, well, I I was doing okay, but then, you know, when I was playing the police, you didn't look all that excited and, and I was concerned. So is there any issues between you and Sting that we should know about? Uh, no, nah, man. I think we have the same kind of haircut, so I think we're. I think I'm a. Uh, oh yeah, you do. Sting used to have beautiful hair, man. It's so awful. <laughs> used to. Th- I never are... <laughs> had beautiful hair, even when I had it. So you know, he's got a one up on me on that. Um. Yes. If you guys go back and watch the 1983 or 84 tour, Sting has all the colorful outfits, man. The police were so dope, man. I remember a girl from my. Whoa, whoa! Oh, oh there goes my microphone. Hold on a second, I'm back. These are uh, studio... I almost sustained a studio injury. Um, but uh, <laughs> I remember a girl in my high school inviting me over to watch MTV was going to do a live police uh, 1985. Oh, yeah, and what? it was dope, man. Kids oh, these days, so they don't know. No, don't man. Know, I mean, you used to go man. to people's house to do that shit. Yeah. I just remember watching like music videos on TV and how cool, like how awesome that was. You know, even like late, I would go watch like 120 minutes on MTV like late night with Matt Pinfield and he would play like yes all these yeah, like the metal guy yep he wasn't really the metal guy he liked metal but he was more of like the rock guy well he did actually he did do some metal stuff but 120 minutes is more like alternative rock but he played a lot of the bands that weren't really like the bigger bands they would play like more kind of obscure alternative rock bands and everything like that what was the heavy metal um, Headbangers Ball. Head, yes. Yeah. I I had a friend in the Air Force named, shout out to Tony Freda. Tony was a flight engineer like me. Extremely straight-laced, follow-the-rules guy. But when he got off duty, the leather jacket was on. And if there was a metal show, he didn't give a shit if he had to go by himself and drive three hours to a show. If somebody was playing that was metal, he would go. So clearly, like it seems like like you, it's kind of like was your outlet, kind of in a way, metal. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I could say that for <laughs> sure. Um, Nick's a non-committal really, now. <laughs> no, because I don't really define one thing. Doesn't really define who I am. You know, I know no, I've always no. Been, like, I you know like, an outlet. Okay, an outlet. Yeah, not, I mean, maybe not yeah, it was a bigger one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was a, a big one in high school and even in college and everything like that. Now I mean, it's kind of everywhere. Everything's kind of, kind of. I mean, you, your other outlet now is free solo rock climbing, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the other thing he does because he graduated from heavy metal. So now, like, he kind of looks for sheer cliffs and then goes, "Oh, I think I'll I climb think, that," think, and yeah, climb without that. ropes. So. Yeah, um, I wish the, I could do that. I you're like the Alex Honnold of heavy metal. Yeah. So anyway, um, so big week, uh, and I'm anxious to you know we have Ben and then we have Robert and uh, Ben and Jake and then we have Robert and um, uh, pardon me, Kelvin um, Gastelum, and I'm very interested to get Nick's take on because there is man there is. Th- the shit has not stopped. I mean, 24 hours was not enough to get through it, right? Like, 
Oh, about um Ben and Jake. Oh, ben and Jake. <laughs> yeah. So well, it's like if Ben would have won, I think you know the torn for hours show's over, guys. Show's right. over. Circus is over. Like pack it up. You know, go back to YouTube. Jake Paul. You know, do your thing there. But nah, he won. He won in like devastating fashion so it's just like and all these like ufc fighters are calling them out too because they want that payday i get it so like first tell us about your thoughts and then we'll get into the yeah ufc and fighters reaction but what's your reaction to what you saw and what are your thoughts on the event as someone who's consumed a lot of combat sports (laughs) i mean you know when you see a fight you know, you, there's always a story potentially if it's a big fight leading up to the event, right? So the whole narrative, how I thought it or how I viewed it was, you know, you have Ben Askren, he, you know, he he's a multi, you know, he he's a veteran, he's been around the game, he's fought the toughest guys, you know, on the face of the planet, and then you have this YouTuber who you know has some skill and everything and is a good athlete and whatnot, but. Just the narrative of just like, all right, Ben, like, just shut this guy up, you know, like, and he, 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 he talked the talk he did, you know, he, 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 he got a lot of fans being like, all right, like, you know, get this guy out of here, you know, like, you know, Ben's a, Ben's a world-class like fighter, man, even if he's retired and if he, even if he didn't have great hands and whatnot, and he was more of a wrestler, it's like, you know, his experience would probably have him be, do well, you know, like, but then, man, it it happened and then it was like what 30 seconds like 30 seconds of just yeah and it seemed like it was a decent stoppage because it seemed like he was kind of just stumbling just a bit when the referee had his hands on his midsection holding him back from 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 going and 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 physically walking over to jake after he got up and had his eight count he seemed like he was kind of a little bit out of it so i assume the ref Knew what he was doing, and it was a good. Yeah, stoppage. I don't. I mean, yeah, you could say maybe it was a early stoppage, but I don't have a problem with him stopping it. I mean, he was really he was wobbly even when he got up. He, when he was walking forward on the fight again, he was still like on shaky legs. So I don't know. I mean, I think the ref. I don't. I don't fault the ref for stopping it at that time. But it's just all that all that build up and. You know, you have one side of Jake Paul being just obnoxious and stupid. And, you know, he just does his Jake Paul things, you know, that people love him for, or don't like him for. But it's what people pay attention to. It's what got him to the dance, I guess, as far as like his eyes and people's eyes on him. And Askren's just doing his normal thing, which is great. You know, he doesn't take crap from anybody. You know, he, he he's good at sort of verbally jabbing people and everything. So he was doing his thing and I loved it, but then he, he just didn't back it up. You know. Okay. So let me get your take on this. It seems that uh, I'm trying to find the commentary and, and maybe you'll be able to, to uh, give that to us, but there seems to be a lot of fighters who are pissed off that they say Ben didn't really try and uh, that he came out there, didn't look good and, and made MMA look bad. And I just, before I give my take, I'd like to get your take on that. I mean, you could, you could view it as him being, you know, he's naturally going to be a rep, uh, viewed as a representative of MMA, whether he wanted to or not. And then when they asked him, you know, hey, did you let the MMA community down or on, on beating, not on, lo- on losing to Jake Paul? And he's like, dude, I let the world down. <laughs> 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 
Well, the cool thing about Ben is like, you know, Ben could talk all that trash, but he's, he doesn't care. He, he's yeah. willing to eat it too. Like, you know, like his, his, the Masvidal loss was the same way. Like he, he, he went to the press conference or whatever. He did interviews with Ariel, Ariel Hawani and everybody. And just was like, yeah, you know, I, I lost, I got my butt kicked and this is the same way, you know, I mean, he's owning up to it, which is the reason why I like Ben mm-hmm. is that, you know, he could talk a lot of trash and, and everything, but when he loses, he, he takes it like, like a gentleman, he's no excuses and it is what it is. But yeah, I mean, I don't know if he viewed himself as an ambassador of MMA. I, I think he probably did obviously based on his response, but even if he didn't, I mean, he was naturally going to be in that position anyhow. So he, he, he would have to sort of in, embrace that role. But I, I admire him more and more. Um, I actually, yeah. I do. Um, with I mean, each yeah. successive, because when somebody's winning and beating everybody and things like that, and it's easy to um, be like, ah, you know, I'd like to see that guy, you know, get shut up or whatever. But I think the fact that, I mean, obviously there's an element of he's never been a Colby Covington or George Masvidal taking one side of the political aisle. I mean, when you look at who his friends are in the sport, you know, Mike Chandler, um, uh, uh, Tyron Woodley, you know, somebody who's was deeply involved in Black Lives Matter and social causes and so on and so forth. And Ben sort of um, has always had these, you know, really solid people in his orbit despite what maybe his politics are. And he just seems like, you know, he gives to as his wrestling school. He's very giving with, uh, you know, children in his wrestling school and teaching that to kids. It's a very important sport. And to me, he seems like a great guy who uh, does things the way that he wants to do them. He's been extremely successful. He doesn't need to apologize. And personally, I'm not offended at how much he didn't train that's his business if he felt like he did enough to 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 get himself the win now mma although you and i feel like we compared to boxing people you and i are from the mma community we consider ourselves longtime members you know fans etc not you know fighters so the fighters might feel a little bit stronger than we do uh okay you know what it takes to yeah they, they've been in, in the cage and we yeah. have you know for real but the thing is is um it's it's ben it's his body he's a married person he has children and he decided how he was going to go about training for this fight and if it didn't work out for him i'm not angry with him because of that that's something for him to deal with uh he made a lot of money and so i don't i'm not angry at the guy and i don't I, I I shouldn't say I don't see why some people would be, but not fans. I could see why fighters could be a little bit irritated. Yeah, I mean, I could see why fighters would would be irritated because then it's like you're almost degrading, not really degrading, but their their sport really might not look. MMA kind of maybe took a hit with this one, so you know the the casual or the the the, the normal or not normal, but you know, the, the people that were buying this pay-per-view would be like, man, these MMA fighters can't fight, or they might have some sort of idea like that based, you know, just, this is just That's like this assumption or whatever, who knows if it's true, but, you know, those ideas could get floated out there, and if you're a fighter, 
who's you know trained your whole life or your fighter who's on the up and you know up and coming or whatever and you see this happen it, it kind of just really takes a jab at what you're doing and maybe doesn't really doesn't put it in the best light so i could see why some of these fighters could be frustrated with with ben's uh performance but i agree with you i think that's a really good point it's like you know it's his body i mean I think the someone asked him a question like, "Oh, you know, how 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 does this compare to like the Masvidal fight or whatever?" And he's just like, "Well, obviously the Masvidal fight had way more implications." In your career. <laughs> yeah, right. One of the biggest fights in my life. I would have beat Masvidal. Yeah. I would have been facing whoever was champion at the time. I would have got a title shot. So I obviously had more on the line than this one. He's like, "But as far as the embarrassment, they're probably equal." But it just puts you in a perspective on like, yeah, obviously this wasn't a the magnitude of a fight like a Masvidal fight where it's like for a UFC title or anything like that or title shot and everything. So he's not going to put, you know, the same amount of effort as he would in a real sort of fight camp. But it's just hard to say how much effort did he put in. <laughs> the can, fight can, was... can I do a Ben Askren real quick? Yeah, if <laughs> yeah. I would have beat Masvidal, I would have been fighting Marty. <laughs> remember the whole marty thing marty like none thing. of us knew of yeah. marty until until marty. ben brought that out man so that funny. that was some good shit man yeah so, unfortunately marty probably would have like him yeah who cares but like <laughs> so, <laughs> if that fight would have happened uh, yeah i mean yeah. probably yeah but to to your to your perspective and to your great point it's like who who cares if how much you know effort he put into preparing this fight you know i mean he probably did something for it but well he know, went like, out to la fans, fans, so, yeah yeah i mean but like fans <laughs> want to know everything right they want to yeah. know like oh how many hours like you know you if you don't even disclose like how many hours you put per week into training you know if they don't know that information they get like all these crazy ideas like you didn't train at all or something so i mean i'm sure he did something for it but he could have done more yeah but you know, it, it is what it is, but, you know, since fans don't get that exact idea of, like, how much time he's putting yeah, in. Yeah, like, he's going to on Instagram and post all his training, like, and, you know, that's not Ben Askren. And stuff <laughs> yeah. like, you know, he's always, he's always been, like, a, you know, his physique always was never. Oh, no, he's never like, been uh, very super. He hasn't looked like a lot of, you know, he's not going to look like uh, uh, Diego Fajeda, you know, or some of these super fit. Yeah, fighter dudes but not apollo the, costa physique. no 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 men like that yeah he was never like that but no. he did look Cody Garbrandt. <laughs> yeah yeah he didn't look he you know whatever he he didn't look like he would be in a, a fight shape for a ufc fight let's just say that but yeah i no i i, I agree really... but um i i think the thing is is people just need to to back off uh let ben have uh, a little bit of space clearly he went out to wild card boxing in LA and he wouldn't have done that if he didn't think it but I think there's a couple things that we also need to and MMA fans know this there are certain people who have a certain gift for boxing who've been able to put hands together you know guys like Robbie Lawler started out in wrestling you know uh, back in Iowa in high school and was able to put together a really nice boxing game and it sort of came to him if you will um woodley you know at one point had a you know a pretty decent boxing game you know there i mean we could name off you know cody garbrandt was an ohio wrestler that that ended up you know uh, boxing really worked very well you know he worked out with his father and so on and so forth ben is just one of those guys he's kind of like damian maya you know they've just never been able to really snap punches and have a beautiful 
boxing game. Ben, probably less so than even Damian Maya. And the reason is, is because Ben was always able to put the fight where he wanted it in every situation. And you and I actually talked about this on the phone. It actually got a little bit heated, you know, because you had pointed out, well, he fought guys like, like Douglas Lima, you know, but Douglas Lima, you know, I said, well, Douglas Lima can't stop a takedown. And if you fast forward, you know, five years in the future, which is today, Douglas Lima still can't stop takedowns. So Ben was able to feast on a lot of guys like that. And so his striking really didn't develop even to the level of Khabib. Like Khabib, if if Ben fought Khabib, I mean, what do you envision happening, Nick? I mean, Khabib doing Khabib thing. <laughs> not not Khabib even, maybe Khabib not thing. even. Maybe Khabib just pieces him up. He could piece on him up the on feet. the feet. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, definitely. Absolutely, definitely. man. Khabib striking is, I mean, I don't know. It, it really is miles ahead. I mean, Khabib throws nice kicks. Khabib can throw a head kick. Khabib throws leg kicks. Um, Khabib has some some very nice hands. Obviously, he knocked down Conor McGregor. Of course, you have yeah. to understand in the context that Connor was was really had his chin out looking to get under hooks and stop a takedown. So yeah, he, you know, he wasn't so, worried about the hands until he got dropped and he's like, oh, okay. right, <laughs> right, right. But but that sets up your hands. Yes, right. but he would have pieced up Ben on the feet before, yeah, and sure. and then he probably would have taken him if he stunned him like what you saw tonight. He probably would have taken him down then and then took his back and finished him yeah. uh, on the ground. Um, but. Anyway, so that's what people need to understand. Ben never needed to develop hands. Had he had his entire career in the UFC where he's fighting John Fitches and Josh Koscheck's and George St. Pierre's and Johnny Hendricks and Robbie Lawler's and all these different guys, he probably, and, you know, for that matter, Tyron Woodley, you know, um, he probably would have had to develop, even Colby. I mean, you look at Colby's hands Colby's right. good, and his man. kicking game. It's good. I, yeah, like that would not. I his last I, fight, man, he looked great against Woodley. Man, he was throwing kicks. He was throwing a whole lot of stuff. And so. and Nick, would you admit that much as you and I would love to be sitting with a giant tub of popcorn and watch Ben piece up Colby Covington? I'll be great. He probably would have gotten absolutely yeah, handled by Colby. Yeah, because would've. Colby is just a monster. His pace is absolutely monstrous. So anyway, but but um, all that said, you know, we'll never know. It's kind of like Hicks and Gracie in the UFC. We'll never know what that would have looked like. Ben really came at the end of his career um, after a, a lot of different surgeries and things. So, um, But that's that. I say, uh, and now apparently, what is Dana? Dana came out and said, what was his statement today? He he says that kind of like stop people from UFC fighters from like calling for this because he's going to say you can't. Yeah, yeah, you know you, you can't do that. Blah yeah. blah. I mean, well, but... that's another reason that they need the coll- uh, uh, a collective bargaining agreement or deal an association is because they can't say no. Uh, whereas that could be that's negotiated. That's a negotiated thing. Yeah, but 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 they can't, and I understand why he's doing it, and yeah, uh, but why Dana's saying that? But these people—he's phrasing it as if like, you know, Jake Paul is like, you know, uh, sort of 
calling out these guys and stuff, but like it feels like when that happened, all these guys are coming after him. So it's like I think it's like a bit of both, but he's, Let's he's in the narrative is like Jake Paul just trying to like all right, I'm going to go after DC. I'm going to go after, you know, whoever. Let, let's think about this, though, for a second, Nick. I want to put mm-hmm. you in Dana's situation. Okay. You have a guy like Mike Perry from the outskirts of Detroit, right? A guy who came up the hard way and has found one thing in life, literally, maybe, that he could be successful at. If you put Mike Perry in a convenience store, he might come out from behind the counter and strangle somebody within a week and be in jail right but you found one job that he can do and and would you want to be in the way of stopping mike perry from a chance to make maybe two million dollars in a pay-per-view with logan paul or jake paul i mean if i were dana white and i like mike perry say like you know it was somebody and i think he he obviously does because if he didn't like mike perry mike perry would have been fucking gone like right when all the crap sort of sort of hit the fan with him so i think dana white likes you know he, he tends to like certain fighters and not others but like you know I, I think part of him has a heart for some of these guys i know he's all about he has a lot of a great uh respect and sort of uh feelings for jeremy stevens he always talks about how let me stevens let me like ask you a different guys but let me ask you a different way because i don't think you're getting the crux of my question you have a bunch of prize fighters. I think fighters. I am, but go ahead. You have a bunch of prize Ask fighters here. You have a bunch of prize fighters here who, well, first of all, it's embarrassing when they release the salaries. I'm sure Dana saw what John John Nash wrote and other people wrote about the salary difference that Ben made more money in this fight than he ever made in the UFC. But, uh, and then, and that's when, you know, and then plus the pay-per-view points. Would you want to stop any fighter from going into something like an eight-round boxing match where they could have the potential to make a million dollars such that they could never make or will never make in your promotion, like a Mike Perry? I mean, from from that perspective, I go, I would cut it off. Yep, I'd be like, no, because look, it, you're exposing them to something that they're never going to get in your own organization. And when they get it, they're going to be like, wow, that felt great. Win or lose, that check feels great, right? Mm-hmm. That, that million dollars that Ben Askin's probably going to get, he said he's going to get a million dollars from this fight. Mm-hmm. So and that's nice. And you go back to getting 70 grand, 60 grand. How much is Mike Perry getting? 60? I don't know. That's a good question. Probably around though. 60, 60 good question. To, to show up and 60 to probably win, mm-hmm. roughly, maybe 85. So, yeah, you make a million and then you go back to making – 85 or whatever you're making just to just to show up and then maybe another 85 to win so yeah man i mean that's gonna ruffle the the tides a bit when you get back to ufc and you're making like you know i don't know a freaking eighth of what you just made you know in your last fight so but it just shows that he doesn't really care about he doesn't really care about these people in your future i mean he doesn't but like yeah he None doesn't. of these guys do. You know why? Because like it's this is like UFC is like a it's like a you know cruise ship or it's like a boat, big old boat, right? So it's like the boat has to keep on going, right? So you have a mutiny in the boat, you kick out the people doing the mutiny, you kick them off the shore, right? Um, you know, your your captain gets too old, he can't drive the boat anymore. That's you know just Throw getting them all overboard. 
Throw Remind me, everybody, right? I want you to know, I'm not taking a boat trip with Nick. Because if I, the least signs that I'm ill, and I'm going to be looking out. out of the side, and Nick's going to be hey, out, look dude. at that over there. And all of a sudden, I find myself in the water. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just that's just how I view it, right? It's just that he views it, like, just as a, you know, it's, it's an entity, right? They don't want to, that's why they don't, like, um, promote certain fighters and give them... But or yet, any sort of specific but, fighter. Yeah, yeah, but yet he could bring James Tony in to fight Randy Couture with absolutely That's, zero and zero money, MMA experience. Oh, I know, I know. Or uh, what's the or, other cat? Or CM Punk. CM Punk. Yes, exactly. CM Punk, right? You know, and then that's like that's just for like to bring in more eyes, to bring in more money. You know, like they thought maybe you know the James Tony thing would have brought in more of a boxing, you know, the boxing fans to to the sport, and it probably did for that. It probably event. did. And then, like, the WWE thing, I mean, like, you know, when Brock fights, off, freaking WWE fans definitely buy those pay-per-views. So no doubt. Getting... No doubt. So CM Punk probably the same way, right? Uh, he probably brought in a, a portion of the WWE fans to, to watch that event, not to say, like, it's going to convert them into... I'm not naive. For future events. I mean, I'm not so, naive. Yeah. I understand why he did it, why Dana's taking this position. I'm not dumb. Uh, believe it or not, a lot of you probably won't believe that, but um, <laughs> but I I still don't like the position because ultimately you could say ah you know yeah if these guys want to go over there and play with this YouTube star and and do us you know get into a sport that they're not good at and he's going to feast on you know our guys who don't really have a striking game I mean I think Damian Maya probably I don't know if Damian Maya would have beat him but he would have definitely put on you know, he's a better striker than Jay. I mean, he basically picked the the welterweight that has the worst striking game. If he would have picked Covington, he would have probably Jake Paul would have probably got jobbed. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, you know. So I don't know. That's all I have to say. But I think that's all the bandwidth I have for that. Uh, Kelvin Gastelum versus. I'll say um, one more, one more thing, one more yes, thing. Sir, just, go ahead. By all means. So, what do you think of this? Nick Diaz. I don't. I mean, it's stupid Nick, Nick for Diaz fighting Jake it's, Paul. It's very stupid for Jake Paul to do that. Um, he would get he would get pieced up. He would, would get him. Oh yeah, I would watch. But I mean, if I'm J- Jake Paul's not going to do that. I mean, so I'm not even worried about it. I mean, I heard I heard Brendan Schaub. Okay, Brendan Schaub suggested the other day that Floyd who was going to train Tyron to fight him and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Brendan, and by the way, Dana can uh, can say no to that as well. Uh, even if Tyron retired, they could say no. He's still um, under contract. He's right? still under contract, but they yeah. let Ben do it, which was great. But um, the thought of Jake Paul fighting Mayweather is absolutely ludicrous. Oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah, Absolutely ludicrous. Even at this... At, at his age, and what is he like? Forty nine years old. I don't know how old Floyd is now. He's yeah. you know well into his. What is league. that saying? What is that saying? I could go on YouTube and have say I'm a YouTuber, right? And I have you know whatever fifteen million subscribers or mm-hmm. whatever. He has like fifteen million followers on like Instagram. Wow. So you know, I, so I have say I have fifteen million followers on Instagram. I have you know three two to three mil subscribers on YouTube. So I could. I could, if I have all that established, and I box for a couple years, and I'm a pretty, 
Mm-hmm. Say I was a collegiate wrestler like like Jake Paul. I think mean, Jake Paul's a way better athlete than myself. But he was they a have all these attributes. Too? I think so. Yeah. I know he, in high school I, I thought he. I think he's a collegiate wrestler. Collegiate? Pretty sure. Okay. I know, or his his brother, his older brother, I think is definitely a collegiate wrestler. I don't know if he okay. is. But you know, up. whatever. I have like some decent athletic gifts like those guys. I don't, but let's just pretend that I do. And then I dedicate, you know, two or three years of boxing and I get, you know, some decent, some decent hands. And so I, I, buy, I, I fight a guy who is in the same sort of a situation I am, who's not a boxer that, and then I just knock out who's a really good athlete and Nate Robinson, who's an NBA athlete. So he's a, you know, uh, uh, elite athlete in regards to sports and I, I knock him out. And then all of a sudden, you know, am I able to just <laughs> start fighting all these other guys and making money? I mean, he made this happen, and kudos to him. But it's just like uh, your your problem. What you don't have that Jake Paul has is hair. In order to get fifteen million get followers, you have to have hair. And yeah. I'm sad to say that, you know, because uh, I don't have hair. Uh, but I feel like if we did have hair, I mean, yeah, yeah we have the potential to sure. get some followers. For sure, we have, yeah, we got some potential. Um, but it's like if that's what it takes for you to just fight Floyd Mayweather, isn't that kind of that's kind of insane? Fight one of the best boxers ever, even if he's you know far removed from being past his prime and and somewhat retired, I guess. I mean, it's like wow. So all, so the formula to fight Floyd Mayweather is <laughs> to get a YouTube channel. <laughs> be really big in social media and be a decent athlete and then knock a couple guys out that you're more athletic than than that, that aren't nowhere near uh professional boxing standards and then now you could face one of the biggest professional boxers ever i mean i guess that's where that's i guess that's the times we live in right where it's just money if you could garner the attention of just uh, the public eye that Honestly, the sky's the limit, and what you could do is kind of like what I got. Yeah, and I, and I I have no problem with what I mean. I don't. I have not followed Jake Paul's career. Uh, if anybody, if, if anybody's interested uh, to hear a little bit about it, Bill Simmons does one of the most brilliant podcasts, and people might laugh at me when I've had some teenagers on our podcast. Bill Simmons has his daughter on the podcast, Sophie Simmons, and Sophie basically comes on. And gives Bill the scoop on everything that's going on on social media. From Jake Paul to all these other folks that I can't remember uh, the names of them. But TikTok stars, YouTube stars. And and by the way, this girl is fantastic. She's prepared and she is absolutely fantastic on the show. So so it kind of goes to my whole thing, you know, that uh, having Kayla on, having Carissa on. Is that you know a lot of these teens do have something to say and they're interesting and we're in you know Kate Casey announced today she's on TikTok. I can I literally remember driving back from uh, the racetrack one time and hearing guys and get talk about TikTok and saying there's a bunch of like middle schoolers on it. Okay, half of Hollywood is on there now, so these kids actually lead to a lot of cultural things. Instagram sure. is probably the same way. Uh, I, mean, I don't know that's that. That's the times we live in, man, right? Everything's yes, digital. So. It, it, it's way different when you were in high school. It was way different when I was in high school, so we didn't have a whole lot of social media. We had MySpace, which we is like We didn't have internet. 
Yeah, you guys don't have internet, right? Or I mean, cell phones. But... Yeah. But it's just and like, I'm thankful. I'm 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 so thankful that we didn't. But to your point, is these are the times we live in, right? These, yes. these social media platforms kind of run everything as far as like that kind of thing is concerned. As far as you know, getting getting exposure and everything like that, and then the marketability and everything like that. Like, yeah, I mean. You know, once Hollywood actors started firing, wow, there, there's two million people that were watching this middle school just do some, you know, silly little video. Imagine what I could do on it, you know? Uh, with so, hair, yes. With hair. I mean, yeah, we yeah. if we could get you some hair like a Japanese pop star, yeah. man, or oh, dude. there's no telling what you could do. Yeah. But, I could be um, in a Korean boy band, man. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. What do they call those bands? Not even Korean. Totally, yeah. You're not, man. Yeah, yeah that's okay, man. man. You you can you know what uh, there and there is a uh, Kate Casey illuminated a school in Korea for creating pop stars. Those those yeah, I, and I it, it was a fascinating. I don't know the name of it. You guys can find it on Netflix, and it was fascinating. There were Asian girls in Australia that went there. There's Filipino girls. There was a Thai girl, and they go there. They learn Korean, and they work their they work their ass off. And until they form a, uh, you know, they a form group. a group that yeah. has chemistry. And, That's kind of like oh, um, because they went to uh, to Coachella. They were the first K-pop band to go to Coachella. Was these four girls, and okay. they, you know, you could see how much it meant to them. An American audience. They went to L.A. for the, the first American time. audience is really gravitated towards these K-pop bands. Absolutely. Too. Now you're seeing so. them in commercials. You're seeing them all over the place, and I'm like, okay. Because usually, like, those types of bands, like, when I was in Japan, like, you know, mm-hmm. the music there, it's, like, he's really huge in, J- you know, Japan. And it's usually, like, you know, uh, some sort of form of American pop music. So it's, like, oh, this is them trying to be this. This is them trying to be that. But it never – it stays there. It never mm-hmm. really appeals to – Even the rock bands. Yeah, there's not really a whole lot of international appeal, at least in, a, in the States. And the States is where you want to sort of break through at. So to have these bands and these sort of – you know groups kind of break through in the american market it's like yeah i'm sure they're pushing for it but it's like it's similar for any kind of like uh industry like that i mean puff daddy had a show on mtv i remember about, like making the making band the band whatever. yeah yep so i mean that's the same thing he's trying to you know see what talent's out there and kind of taking them under his wing and making money I, they're trying I think to the, make money the, the the point is is i had there's a guy like nick who is a the kind of artist that i would have grown up listening to a musician, a bass player, you know, you had guitar players and singers and drummers and and basically those comprised all the the groups for the most part that I would have grown up with. But I I think I'm I don't know what's the word and I don't want to congratulate myself. I respect and understand what these other artists are doing in a different way with electronic music and maybe somebody else is writing some of the songs. But I believe, if I remember correctly with that show, these girls were writing some of the songs. But there's a whole component. They have to be fit 24 hours a day. They can't eat a lot. I mean, there it, there's so much to yes. it. The dance moves, and there's a lot to it's it. It's crazy, man. It I, I saw, I watched the Taylor Swift's uh, biography on Netflix, and, and it talks about... But she's more movie. like you. She's, she is. She's, she's the same as you, really. She is, to, yeah. to a degree. Now, I'm not saying we're like... But know, she's a but traditional musician. She is, but... Songwriter. But she is. But she's a little bit... She's like a hybrid, right? So, yeah, her... 
the scenes of her in the studio and she's talking to her producer and they're going through things and I like I relived it. I was just like I've been in that same situation mm-hmm. and honestly it's not much of a difference. <laughs> no, I mean no, she, in that process. In that process. A, yeah, she's basically right? very similar to what you are, other than that yeah. she sings and you don't sing. But yeah. but, but these girls are doing something completely different. They're coming at is, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 that her her process of making music is very similar to the process I'm familiar with, right? And it's probably mm-hmm. not a whole lot different. Granted, it's on a whole nother level and she's working with the best and oh. she's got a whole team behind her. Yeah. You know, that you we don't see that she's talking to as well, like and all that. So that's obviously different. But she's still she's a hybrid for uh one not really one reason, but for another or mar you know, variety of reasons is because, you know, she's a pop star too. So she she goes through the scrutiny that these other bands don't really go through. So the 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 auto buyer supposed the, to be country and all that, but she's no, it's just uh, she has a lot. She has a lot of. She went through a eating disorder, right? And she goes through probably a lot of things that you know these sort of other groups go through as well. So you know, talking about her and weight and oh, yeah. is she too skinny? She yeah. Yep. I heard. She, I watched yeah, the documentary. It's fascinating. It's great. Taylor Swift. I watched Taylor Swift. I watched Dolly Parton. Yeah, Dolly Parton's got like thousands of songs it was nuts oh yeah these, these women are talented been playing guitar and writing songs forever i mean she was a little kid taylor swift playing it at events you know so yeah it, it's insane but, but but basically what i was saying is that some of these uh groups nowadays they don't necessarily even play an instrument although i believe in the k-pop band i'm thinking of i believe one of them does play guitar actually. i would say 90 percent of them 90 percent of them don't but no, it doesn't they're... matter they're artists no, nonetheless and i and i i give them the props and even though half of as you guys well know half of my collection is 60s 70s and 80s i still really respect uh these these musicians today I mean, and people are just know, trying so. to make money you know they're trying to make money and things they like to do express themselves and they're expressing themselves and that too, yeah. I mean, to a yeah. certain degree, I mean, the creativity aspect of it, eh, you know, I wouldn't, me myself, I wouldn't consider those people artists, I consider them performers. Uh oh, here's I, Will, I think, here's Will, man, Ky- Kyrie ain't no artist, baby, he ain't no let artist. me tell you right He's now. He's a performer. <laughs> and, I, and I heard so many people call him an artist because this year when Kyrie decided to play, which I'm honestly not sure if he's playing right now or not. Because he took off for his birthday. Uh, he might have taken off another week for a Jewish holiday. And I don't think he's Jewish. But when he's on the floor, this guy is doing things that you're just going. What just happened? I mean, that's, so, you know, I don't have that kind of knowledge yeah. as, as, yeah. as Dr. Will does as far as movement. Yeah. But as far as like music and everything, it's like, you know, being creative. It's like, mm, well, when your creativity is very limited and based on what you're trying to do. You're just trying to make money and you're trying to sort of adhere to what your producer is telling you and what, you know, what sells with the record company. You have these constraints that kind of limit to you and what you could do. And you don't really write your own music. So you're just kind of there to perfect it. You're there to, you know, be the best that you can be as far as like your performance and everything. Looking, uh, sing. There's a look. Singing. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't. It's wanna, not easy. We obviously. don't want to take the podcast, our MMA podcast, direction. down music today. But but there's a component of their singing and choreography and dancing that they work on with adults sitting there watching them 
saying no, do it again, no, do it again yeah, for it's gotta out. be perfect. It's yeah. absolutely. I mean, when you see the hours that they put in at this school, watch that documentary, yeah, Nick. You, oh, Nick, I it. I'll get I the name it, of man. it. Watch on Netflix. Yeah, I'll check it's it brilliant. Out. I'll check it's brilliant. It out. Uh, they're very talented not... in a different way. Yeah, so, uh, but that doesn't mean you're an artist. Okay, you didn't, you didn't create it. You didn't Will, create it. Will, I understand. Wait, you did didn't I just create call it, you Will? Man. Uh, yeah. All right, so let's get back to MMA because we got big doings. I want to get your. We, we got to get some quick hitters on uh, Bobby Knuckles uh, versus Kelvin Gastelum uh, before we get into fight? this week's card. I have not watched the the full fight yet, so right. um, I I should be uh, having to stay after. You don't class. have to. I gave you I gave you the cliff notes of it, so you know I told. But you uh, I heard that he got a couple of take a couple GSP style takedowns. He did. Um, yeah. I watched him piecing them up. And then honestly, I went over to the Jake Paul and and um, and uh, Ben fight to watch that. Uh, but go ahead, Nick, take us through uh, what you think, but make it quick and succinct because we gotta get on to the other card. Down, yeah. I mean, Bobby Knuckles looked great. He used all of his skills to win the fight. I mean, on the feet, he was very slick on the feet. He was landing, you know, his high kick. He was landing his, his strikes, and he really didn't that. take too much damage. I mean, he, he he took a bit of damage, but he mixed in his takedowns when they needed to be in there to seal the deal, and he just basically used all of his threats that he has in his arsenal to win in the fight. And he, I mean, he was just piecing up Gaslam. Gaslam, I don't know, he hates. A, I mean, a ton of head kicks in the face, and he just kept on coming. I, I saw. He, well, he was blocking. Him. He was getting his hand up there. I saw a lot of ob- them landed though. <laughs> I saw oblique kick to the. Well, look at the size of Gastelum's head. That guy does not need a football helmet. Um, no. I saw oblique kicks to the knee. I saw inside low kick. I saw outside mm-hmm. low kick. I saw head kick. So that's basically everything right there. Uh, I don't yeah, know he, if he threw any front kicks, but I'm sure he did. He probably so, did. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he did. And I saw him landing beautiful strikes. Bobby Knuckles putting this together. And I'm, I, I have a feeling. I don't know this independently. And I can't say it without. I, I can say this with, with, with a, some degree of certainty, but not 100%. I think Bobby Knuckles watched Izzy versus Jan. And I have a strange feeling that he thinks that with his wrestling credentials, he can take Izzy down this time and put him on his ass and hold him down there and win rounds. I mean, it's a possibility. He's He de- he definitely has the better technique in his takedowns than Jan and everything. He oh, might yeah. not have that, you know, just bulldozer explosion that Jan has just because, you know, Jan's Oh, Jan a big has dude. big head. He can plow you <laughs> over like, like bulldozer. bulldozer. Like, yeah. <laughs> like a battering ram. <laughs> You know, another guy that has... doesn't need a football helmet, Jan and Gastelum. <laughs> yeah, but um, but as far as technique and timing and and everything like that, yeah, Robert has has those edges over Jan as far as the takedown game. I don't know if uh, Robert could hold down Izzy. I don't know if he has. I don't know if he can. We'll find out if he can, but we'll see. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely like when you said, "Hey, I think Rob could probably beat Izzy," and like. I didn't go like, no way. I was like, yeah, it's a possibility. Definitely a big possibility, especially how he looked this past weekend. I mean, he didn't like, like him, like the till fight, the till fight. And even, oh no, the, the canner, but, but the till fight was the fight where I was just like, 
it was a close fight. It was a chess match, but like Rob was kind of just darted in there and throwing stuff and then kind of being cautious. And he wasn't really like as slick as he was in this past fight. So when well, he got embarrassed. Fight, he got embarrassed before that. <laughs> so he did. Well, the tilt yeah. fight was the first one back, so maybe he was right. kind of cautious. He, exactly. And, Naturally. Yeah, but like he, he was darting forward. Was... He was darting forward a lot, and he was just like kind of lunging in there almost carelessly sometimes. But he really didn't do a whole lot of that in this past one. But like in watching the tilt fight, I was like, yeah, that, 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 nah, he's not beating Izzy, not based on what I saw. And then the Kanir fight, I'm like, mm, okay. And then this fight, I'm just like, yeah, he he could definitely, he definitely has the abilities to beat Izzy. I don't know if he will, but I mean, I'm on. I mean, you know, I could be on board with that. We've sake, said it. For, we've for said the, it for, for years. If you if you cannot wrestle in the sport you're eventually going to get got and and it, it's going to be ugly you've got to be able to wrestle when you get to this upper level and you want to hold i mean here you have a guy he i mean he could have beaten jan on the feet but jan said guess what maybe you can i mean i got more power than you maybe you could beat me on the feet maybe not but i know i can take you down and his bet was a hundred percent correct and he played it perfectly now had izzy been able to stop takedowns he would have continued to piece yan up on the feet uh but that wasn't the case so yeah um anyway let's move on um i don't think there's a lot of meat on the bone there kelvin still you know kelvin is excellent he's as tough of the guys there is he's still going to be quote in the mix but i think dana has already said he wants to see izzy versus rob too and um Wait, how can you not give it to rob i mean you have to you have to <laughs> you have to some people um, are like oh you should fight vittoria it's like what what else does this man have to do why 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 even do that now you're now you're getting rid of two potential opponents that izzy could fight if if you if you put those two together right if you if you put rob and vittoria together and it's like all right vittoria loses okay then Vittori has to build himself back up to the title shot it's like give it to rob have Vittori maybe play Derek Brunson or somebody or not, and then give it to whoever is next after that. If he fights Brunson, beats Brunson, sure. Or if Izzy fights someone else and that person gets injured and Vittori steps in, sure. Or just give it to Vittori after the 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 um, Bobby Knuckles fight. Whoever wins that. I mean, that that's a – I don't know. It's, That's it's a gonna, it, business move. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's not even worth talking about because it's going to happen. No, because they're going to give it to yeah. they're going to give it yeah, to Rob, yeah. and they I are. think Rob has uh, great. I mean, he's earned, man. He beat Till. He beat Cannoneer, who Cannoneer was supposed to. Cannoneer was on a roll. Oh he was my on god, a roll. that guy's yeah. a beast. And he then is. Rob he pieced him up. Beast. Yeah, Rob so. pieced him up. I was, I thought Cannoneer was going to win that, but Rob. I did too. I did too. And then he beat Gaslam. Yeah, and Gaslam is a. Gaslam has got no quit in, in that guy's body. No. Um, all right, let's move let's on. Let's move on to US, UFC 261 this weekend because that's going to be a great card. It's headlined by Kamara Usman at 18-1, going up against Jorge Gamebred Masvidal at 35-14. and 14. Uh, But let's start with the the man that Eugene S. Robinson loves oh, to talk man. about more than anybody. That's because just, even do today... Do you have a... Do you have a, do you have a, a, a... A smoke machine by you? <laughs> I might, I might have so to get a, my axe out and cut some wood. 
Yeah, so uh, uh, Nick is chopping wood over there because Chris Weidman is taking on New York's own and Jamaica's own Uriah Hall. Uh, I think this is a rematch. Oh, they fought outside of the UFC. They fought on the New York. They fought in Jersey or somewhere. They fought in the local scene back in the day. Yeah. No, I didn't Um, know that. Okay. So uh, I don't think. I mean, I don't see why Chris My Weidman wouldn't win this, um, unless Uriah Hall is able to catch him. I mean, Chris Weidman's—it's going to be wrestle, wrestle, wrestle—and Uriah Hall. I mean, I've seen him put together some great striking, uh, you know, some more varied. You know, now he's doing some more Muay Thai stuff, not just all uh, Tiger Shulman karate stuff. So, um, I, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, I could see him knocking out Chris. But at the same time, uh, you know, Chris can probably Chris has take what him down. Left to to get a win. Well, look what he did to Gastelum. I mean, we thought Gastelum was going to piece him up, man, and he he took Gastelum down and worked him, man. He so, did. He did. So I don't know. Um, it yeah. this is a tough one for me, but I'll take I'll take Chris to get through this one. I don't know. What yeah, do you think? I don't think Chris has any. I don't think he's got anything left in the tank to. That's fair. To, which you know which is yeah which is fine i i well i have well one is i don't think chris has left anything left in the tank now if chris was fresh off the winning the title against anderson and like the chris that you know works his way up to fight anderson that chris yeah that oh that chris that's yeah we're not even having this discussion that chris the stories yeah um, that chris that beat damian maya cutting 30 pounds in a week yeah I'm yeah. not talking about that Chris White. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about that guy yeah. wins this fight. Oh yeah, that, the that guy, guy now. Yeah, you know he can't really take a shot like he used to. Yeah. You know, I just his possession. You know, his is how his much does he want to wrestle? Yeah, how, how I, much he'll does definitely he wrestle. wrestle. He's definitely going to wrestle. He's he'll be an idiot not to. He's and not Uriah, uh, Uriah, Hall. Uriah Hall's down at Fortis MMA. He and is. they've got a little bit better game plan and strategies for they him do. than him bouncing around between like five different trainers and yeah, jail, you know. So. so I think his time in Fortis MMA, he seems like he's pretty pretty happy there. He's getting the instruction and the training that I think he needs to to get to the next level if he's able to even get to the next level. Who knows? But like he seems to be in a good place over there, and I think you know he's been there for a while. For at least a couple years, I think he has. He, so, he's, he needs to be able to move. He needs to circle. He needs yeah. to make it so that Chris is like chasing after him more or less. He's landing kind of strikes. He fights, to be honest. Landing is a bleak kick. I mean that. I mean that's what he he can't stand in front of Chris Weidman and let Chris yeah. Weidman line up a shot. He has to piece him up a little bit and frustrate him by doing a lot of movement, striking and moving and circling and changing, circling left, circling right. He has a style to do that. And he's, I mean, that's what he has to do. Because if you let Chris get his hands on you, you know, that's where it could be a problem. It it could be a problem for him. So, yeah, um, I mean, I think that naturally that's how Hall fights. I think, you know, his biggest criticism for Hall just in general is just he doesn't really, he's not as aggressive as he needs to be in order to, you know, implement like his striking game, but with yeah. the Chris Weidman fight, like I think what you said, I think I agree with it. I think that kind of lands naturally where what he usually does anyhow. Well, he, he likes to stop and faint a little bit, like what Izzy does. You know, yeah. where he'll stop and he'll he'll faint. You know, and and that when you 
when you have a guy like Chris that knows I have to take you down, you really don't want to do play a faint okay. game unless game, you're yeah. fighting another striker. Like you saw with Jan, that's where you can execute a faint game. Yeah. And then we talked about, you and I had talked about on the phone, Izzy way overdid it, but I don't, I don't want to go back to that. Let's move yeah, on yeah. to your girlfriend, uh, Valentina Shevchenko. Um, she'll probably take you out to the range shooting at 20-3 and three <laughs> yeah. against uh, Jessica Andrade, or Andrade, depending upon which part of Brazil you're from, at 21-8. and eight. Uh, Both of them uh, pretty amazing fighters. One of them... In Jessica Andrade, fairly rudimentary in her approach and her attack. She has gotten a little better. Her hands have gotten a lot better. She doesn't look like a robot walking forward as much her as head she used gotten, to. It's better too. Well, yeah, if you want to call that. I mean, that's the most well, the, mechanical. The last Rose fight, her head, head movement, movement was actually a lot better than just like bulldozing. Than just come being forward. there, yes. yes. Like she was. But it, it looks and... very unnatural, <laughs> extremely. Yeah, but like I was yes. surprised when she was doing that, though. I was yeah. like, all right, like she she knows that she, she can't take those hits like she used to. I think, right? You know I think what? Angela though? Hill. That's not gonna. That. That's not gonna help her against Shevchenko, though. No, no. Shevchenko's like, not gonna no. box her. You know. <laughs> so. I know, but like that's the reason why she started to move her yeah. head a lot more because she knows that she can't take those shots like she used to. Shevchenko. I'm sorry, Shevchenko wants to kick you in the midsection. <laughs> I mean, that's what she wants yes, to do. Yes, spin kick you, head yes. kick you. I mean, yes. you know, it's an uphill battle for her against Shevchenko. But I think in the countdown, they she taught, like Andrade talked about, hey, you know, she had some difficulty being on bottom against Jennifer Maya. She's like, I could probably do that. And I'm like, yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, she's got – Probably not. But, she, yeah. I mean, she 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 gets a you know a high crotch on her and just picks her up, dumps her, and starts to go to work. Yeah, you know she could, she might have some success with that. Well, the the problem you know? the problem when most for most people, and I'm not saying everybody, because yes, Jennifer, I had some success. Is when you do when you clinch with her like that, that's when you get tripped. So it's really going to come down to how your judo game is from there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I know Andrade doesn't have a, a judo game, but Jennifer Maya May, it is taught in schools down there, okay. uh, believe it yeah. or not. So I, I really don't know. Uh, but I think that Shevchenko will be able to, you know, the dream for a fighter like Shevchenko is somebody that walks forward. When you have the short arms that, just, that Andrade has... What do you have to do, Nick? Keep her at range, man. No, for me, if you're for... if you have short arms like Andrade, you have to, you yeah, have you have to, to come, come. You forward. have to come forward. You yeah, can't yeah. launch an attack at range. No, um, she has no other option. And so the the very thing that Andrade has to do is what Shevchenko loves when people do. Yeah, and why it was so difficult for her to fight Amanda is Amanda was coming forward and throwing one strike. And backing out or throwing a one-two and then and then jab step back at a range. She wasn't giving Val Valentina what she wanted. And that's what makes this fight very compelling, probably very exciting for Shevchenko, is because um she has to come forward and she loves mm -hmm. that counter. You guys remember when Holly Holm tried to come forward on her, woohoo! She lit yeah, her she up, got, man. Yeah, she got lit up. Lit her up with counters. Yeah, it uh, that does go into the counter striking of Shevchenko's goes right into her, her wheelhouse. And yeah, I mean, you're right. You know, Andras has to, 
cover that distance, get into her range to, for her to throw those hooks and everything. Do you, I feel like she can eat some shots close the distance and make it, you know, interesting where she could yeah. potentially get a takedown. Because, you know, she takes down all everybody she well, fights the, for the, the most th- part. The thing with Jessica on this is I think she's actually going to have to get low and shoot. And if she does shoot, then, you know, there's a lot of things that can happen there. You know, if Valentina throws a knee at the wrong time, I mean, that could be a disqualification. Yeah. So I think Jessica actually is going to have to get low and shoot. I don't think she's going to be able to walk into the clinch as well as she did against other fighters. You saw when she tried to do that to Zhang Weili, it didn't work out very no, well. She, she got tattooed it. very yeah. hard when she tried to just uh, walk forward on her into the clinch. So um, she was getting pieced up with two and three punch, three punch combinations. So I think I think uh, Jessica is going to have to shoot, and if she can secure a leg and, like you said, take her down, I mean, who knows? You know, I mean, I know I can envision Valentina stuffing the head and walking away, but you never know. I mean, that's where I think never the fight know. really opens up for her. So yeah, I'll I'll pick Valentina Shevchenko. Yeah, I'll pick, to I'll win, pick Valentina, um, but I think TKO. Let's say uh, you know round three. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think Shevchenko's gonna win, but Andrade posted some interesting threats that she hasn't really seen before, as far as like just the just the physicality of of her of, of Andrade and you know this girl just picking up other people and just slamming on the slamming them on the ground and then and then her top her top position is really good. So one of the other I think things it's more threatening top position than Maya. So it'd be interesting. That's fair. Um, one of the other things I want to point out is the opposite of what we pointed out with another fighter when you and I were discussing Stipe. And with Jessica, I think for Valentina, you actually want to attack the head on Jessica and it, and, and more so than the body. A lot of people have not had as much success attacking her body but I remember Joanna tattooing her face over and over and over again. And as she did that, Jessica's technique started to fall apart. And she yeah. did become that robot after she would get tattooed and jabbed in the face and jabbed in the face and kicked in the face and just jabbed and jabbed. And the, the, the first time I ever thought that there was a potential that she were using some sort of a supplementation, which we won't get into... Uh, uh, what what uh, somebody said about Frank Mir, but he looked like he's been using some supplementation. But um, the first time I thought that is when I said, I've never seen that in the Kovalkovich fight. I've never seen a girl of that size be able to take the amount of punches. You'll want to hit her oh, with straight, five, rounds, man. Hard, five, five rounds. rounds of straight hard punches. And I was like, there's no girl that can just take that that hasn't, taken something so well, i don't angela, know that f- angela hill had a good point it's just like yeah she could take these shots but eventually it's gonna it's gonna wear and that chin is not gonna be there sure apps and it has happened to everybody for chuck liddell used to eat shots like it was yeah. ice cream. Yeah, yeah it happens to, but, it happens to everybody but but i'm saying i don't think hers just came from nature that's what i'm saying oh yeah um, i agree that's I agree. just just my opinion but i agree i if i were valentina's camp Unlike some other fighters, I would be attacking the legs. I would be attacking with oblique kicks, and I would be attacking the face. 
I would not attack the body as much as what we talked about with 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 uh, Stipe, um, because Jessica, when when you attacked her face, it seemed like her technique really started to fall apart as the rounds went on, and and she was getting jabbed hard in the face. So that's that's kind of what I expect. But you know what? She may get a takedown. I expect her to get a low stance. Uh, that could be dangerous <laughs> against a, a girl like I, Valentina because her kicks. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Nick. Her kicks oh, are just laser sharp. She she's they very are. good at hitting what she's throwing at. She doesn't kick people in their groin area. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I feel like if she can't, if she can't, if she, I feel like if Valentina can't knock her out in the first round, that I think Andrade will get a takedown. Now, I don't know if if she'll be able to. To, to secure the position. I don't know if she just picks her up, if Trichenko up and just dumps her, and then Trichenko just pops right back up to her feet like Ioana mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. Or if she just picks her up, dumps her, you know, throws her shoulder in, into her abdomen and, and starts to work a pass and and works her game. So I don't know. But, yeah, if she can't – if if Trichenko can't really get the job done in the first couple of rounds, I, th- I think, you know, uh, Andrade will find a way to get in, get in close – Either get get into clinch and you know, pick her up and just put her down. I don't. The... I don't. I don't disagree with you. Actually, um, I I could definitely see that. I could definitely see that happening. Um, and I think you and I are operating on a little bit of blind faith, where we assume that her coaches have looked and said this is the way, the one way that you can get to this girl because there's nothing else you're going to do to her yeah. you're not going to be the best her way in, of, yeah. of winning the fight if, if, if your plan that. is to come in there and do a junior dos santos you're and fucked knock her out. you're you're fucked so <laughs> yeah. um so That's i think you and i are operating place. that her coaches yeah. are smarter than they might they actually be they know. We'll yeah, Hopefully no. they are. Yeah. uh let's right. move on to something that we really need to get your take on and it's going to get a little dirty here for a second because there was a lot of drama this week between uh, Zhang Weili, uh, actually it wasn't really between Zhang Weili, it was between Rose Namajunas at 9-4 and four and comments that she had uh, about uh, the fact that uh, Zhang Weili is from a communist country in China and uh, I'd like Nick to just kind of uh, go into that a little bit. Oh yeah, she made some, Rose made some comments when asked, she was on some random, I think, I don't know, a podcast or a show or something. And she made the comment of, what was it? Red better, is dead. Re- better, 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 better dead, dead than, than, red. than red, whatever. Yep. Right. And people are like, well, what does that mean? And it was like a sort of take on uh, communists and everything like that. And she, she well, her justification or explanation of why she said that statement was she, she watched this sort of documentary that was about uh, a Lithuanian basketball team and what the the oppression that they went through based you know based on uh, communism or anything like that and so I think her family went through that same oppression and everything so she felt this connection with that sort of uh, situation granted she didn't you know experience it herself but you know she she has family members and probably other people that she knew that experienced that so she's taking that sort of emotion and kind of putting it on you know, China, and then kind of making the, the broad correlation of, well, Jay, White, Jay Lee, Lee is 
Chinese, therefore <laughs> she's communist. So I'm gonna fight with that mindset of, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm America, we're democracy. We're, we're, we're trying to just, you know, demolish communism and I'm not about communism. So I'm gonna say this sort of comment and everything like that. So it's just like, you're associating a fighter with their fighters country's government and then kind of throw them in throw throwing that fighter in that category without even knowing if that fighter even endorses you know uh communism in china or and, and and you won't know because she could it there is a potential that she could be in danger if she did yeah um yeah. i i want to state for the record i am against communism uh spent you know 21 years in the military so um, I'm not for communism. However, I'm not in the business of attacking individuals that happen to be from a communist country, which they had no choice of where they were born and raised, and and basically attacking that person personally based on the fact and, and drawing a larger... This is not Ivan Drago against Rocky. Um, <laughs> and, and actually, China isn't that level of communist it's not like pyongyang in north korea um you know yeah. or even the soviet union it's not like that uh they do have a somewhat of a free market system but i'm not here about the geopolitics of it it's zhang wei li a girl who happens to have been raised in china who's here trying to uh fight and make some money and you're damn right she better fly her flag or it wouldn't be good for her back home nor would it be good for Khabib or a lot of other people from whatever country you might be talking yeah. about. Um, you know, it would be like Francis, you know, not flying the Cameroon flag if he were fighting out of Cameroon or something like that. So anyway, um, that said, Nick, what was Gina was alluding to some larger, was there something larger that perhaps I, I missed in the sauce? I don't know. Maybe I didn't, I read some of her tweets and everything and, I was like, okay. I think it's just more of the why lump this girl into right a larger that category, you know, when you know she she might not just represent that just because she's from that country. And then a lot of fans were just like, because the way Rose sort of narrated it and sort of framed it was just like, yeah, well, I had experience and and this is based on my experiences is why I've said this statement and people are like, well, you didn't experience this yourself. You watched a documentary and drew from that about experience. About the Lithuanian dream team. Yeah. About the Lithuanian yeah. uh, dream team. And then the experiences of your family members and everything like that. It's not really your own experiences, but I guess, you know, it just didn't come off the best. So, I'm a huge Rhodes fan, but uh, it just wasn't. Yeah, I, I'm really not. I thought Rose was like this, really a peace and love type person who fought in the cage, and that really attracted to me to her personality. And now I'm I'm not so sure about that. But I feel like she's still like that. Just you know, she know. said some things that, you know, just didn't come off the best. I don't. Well, this this is what I want to say though about okay about Zhang and about if it was an American fighter, you are not going to get. An American fighter that's going to show up at a media day for an event like this and say something like, I don't agree with America and I don't agree with what's going on and I think our values are bullshit. There's not 
one fighter on the roster, even if some of them believe that, yeah, would show up to a media day and do that. So why the fuck does anybody expect Zhang Wei Li to do that? Are you yeah. gonna say, well, she's from China, she can't? I got news for you. One of our fighters from here can't either, because they will be excoriated yeah. on every single social media platform they have. Oh yeah, especially the 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 MMA fan base. They'd be like, "Well, you don't like this country? Get the fuck out!" You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you don't like, yeah, if not... you can leave. And so Zhang Wei Li is doing nothing different than what any American fighter would do. It's a good point. It's a really good point. I mean, you might have some outliers like uh, Jeff Munson. Right? He's he's an anarchist. Yeah, but he's not even a modern day fighter. I know. I'm, I'm talking just saying, about I'm in just... 2021. I know. Now I know, today. <laughs> Not I know. ten years ago when Jeff moved to Russia, you I know. know. Yes, but like a guy like that, you can maybe the, he's the a Lee rarity. Harvey Oswald of MMA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a rarity, right? He's a rarity. But yeah, I get your point. Like you're not going to see American fighters, you know, trashing the American government. No, prior to a fight. <laughs> not today. It's not 2021. Today. There's yeah. TikTok. There's Twitter. There's Facebook. There's, you know, fuck Parlor. Some of these morons are on there. I mean, yeah. so there's there's all these different uh, social media sites that you will get absolutely trashed on if you were to say something like that. So but anyway, I don't know. You do get crazy anti-mask people like Bryson Mitchell saying stuff. Yes, but I'm saying to say something against. Okay, this is what I'm saying. I'm not talking about crazy anti-mask people like Bryce Mitchell, who is just elated that they made camouflage shorts. <laughs> no fighter today from our country would go to a media day and say something negative about their country so why should we hold Zhang Wei Li yeah. to any different standard yeah. than what we would uh, hold agree, our fighters to yeah. that's all I have to say about yeah. that She's, uh, so Rose shouldn't say shit about this girl because you don't know shit about her situation and you have not a reasonable expectation that Zhang is going to come out and say something against communism or against her country to please you. Yeah. No, I don't, even, I don't even think she expected that to, for her to say anything like that either. Like for John so, Lennon. then what is she drawing that comparison for? I that, think she's just trying to find her. I think, I think Rose is trying to find some sort of other motivation for her in training for this fight. Cause in the, in the interview, she's like, well, you know, I am motivated for this fight, but you know, I got a deeper motivation to, to, yeah. to push me. And, and then she said okay. that and you're just like, and she uh, sounds like another uneducated idiot yep, that yep. saw a TV show. Yep. And, and now you're going yeah, to, she's just not coming basically you are putting pressure on a girl that you have no business putting pre geopolitical pressure yep. on her. That's Absolutely. what I'm saying. That's mm -hmm. not fair because it's not fair. We couldn't do it to an we would the, an American fighter would sh is held to that exact same standard. There are probably American fighters that are upset about that. What if Angela Hill is pissed off about Black Lives Matter? You think she's going to come out and say, "Oh, I don't agree with that," and and come out and give a whole a whole speech about? Of course, she's not. She's not going to do that. Uh, versus a foreign or or. Do you think someone, if, if Angela Hill fought a girl from Africa, she's going to come out and say, oh, you know, Angela Hill should be saying all these things. I don't agree with going on in your country. You know, that's basically what Rose is doing. Yeah. So, not fair.
Anyway, no, um, let's go on to the fight. Um, who will win, Nicholas? Now there's like, the narrative has changed, right? It's no longer there's a there's a lot of bias now, right? Which one's Rocky? Rocky which is Drago? <laughs> but the bias is, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to really com completely remove yourself from being biased now in, in this fight. It is. Right? It, I mean, it is when you do like for school when you do research and everything. There's ways to sort of eliminate biases from from doing like qualitative research. You know, research that is more subjective. There's there's like techniques to use. It's called bracketing is one of them where you like kind of go into consideration like, you know, your personal beliefs on a on an outcome or on the subject matter that you're studying and then your your other sort of um, biases as well. And you kind of just take into account that when you go into research. So but I think it's just the same type of thing where um, it's really hard to remove that statement going into that fight and having it sort of influence who you who you think is going to win because i think a no, lot of people it's who you want to win not who you who think you want to win, win. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah you remember you always conflate those two i things. know i know but like okay. i think a lot of fans, i agree with you but it's not going to change fans, who i think's going to no win. it's not it's not but i think a lot of fans are like 50 50 on it prior to that statement you know a lot of fans were like rose fans like myself i was like yeah i don't care i like Lee, but rose all the way and then you know and fans are like yeah and even fans are thinking of it objectively we're like oh it's kind of like i think it's gonna go this way i think it's gonna go that way now i think the narrative has switched to more of a heavy way lee sort of at least on twitter heavy way lee sort of uh, leanings mm -hmm. and everything based on that statement which you know you remove that statement like in it, it, like in the, the like in uh you know doing research you remove that sort of variable the uh, independent variable, right? And the dependent variable is kind of, you know. What I'm asking you, you're getting into research. I'm asking you who you think's gonna win. I know. I'm just giving you. Okay. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. The the winds have changed. The winds have changed. The winds have changed. Shift, the winds have shifted. So they have shifted. So I'm kind of, I mean, uh, you know, I'm I'm leaning towards Wei Li. And when we had this conversation, you know, a month ago, three weeks ago, or whatever, mm -hmm. with Will, I was like. All Rose, I think Rose has the sort of technique to sort of evade Wei Li as far, and then she's the longer fighter, she's the lengthier fighter, so you know she could tag Wei Li, get out of the way. She's got great movement and everything, and if hits the ground, you know I think she's able to scramble back, get to her feet. I think she's got the better uh, jujitsu game, and I in the in the countdown they had Wei Li. Li um, hiring a new jujitsu coach who's a third degree black belt ever so she's really she was really sort of working a lot of jujitsu for this fight and probably before the fight even started to happen so which gives you the point that like you know that there might be some deficiencies on the ground but i will say this i'll probably go with wei li based on the fact that i think the physicality of wei li will sort of lead will sort of benefit her even if it goes to the ground i think it might neutralize everything because she's just more aggressive, more stronger than Rose or whatever, so it'll sort of mitigate a lot of the technical sort of um, differences on the grounds. And I think on the feet, I think she could bully her in the clinch, and I think she could land. I think, um, what's her face? Andrade landed quite a bit on her, on Rose in their last fight, and I think Whaley could do that and then some, and then do more, even more damage. So I'm going to go with Whaley based on that and probably the slight bias on that. 
<laughs> statement that she made. So yeah, I I I think uh, I have Wei Li winning three rounds to two. Rose might get a couple rounds off her, but I think I don't think she'll tap her, and uh, I think Wei Li will be so, more man. active and she'll sting her. And I would attack Rose's legs. Rose is not strong in the legs. She has a you know mostly boxing. She'll kick a little bit in the first round and then she'll totally give up on that and she'll box at range uh, and use her movement, which is she has great tremendous movement, very beautiful fluid movement. But yeah, I'll take Wei Li three there three rounds too. Let's move on to the main event, Nicholas. Uh, your boy, uh, what now? What was Ben's nickname for him? Marty. Marty. Marty from <laughs> ne- from Texas or Nebraska, Nebraska where the Nebraska. hell he's from? Marty from Nebraska <laughs> uh, versus Jorge Masvidal. Um, you have put a lot of thought into this fight because you thought you really felt like the nine days of prep, whatever the preparation that that George Masvidal had was not sufficient and that with a full camp. So do you still I hold thought he that view? really good with what he had, right? His I was surprised. beautiful, man. Striking's beautiful. always beautiful. But, like, I was impressed by the fact that he wasn't really – he got – I mean, he got taken down a lot. Obviously, that's going to happen against Usman. But he really didn't get controlled that much on the ground. Like, he scrambled to his feet. He was able to get back up a lot of times. It, it, you know, like, like with Woodley – Woodley was just getting ragdolled like over and over again, and like Masvidal got in takedown, but man, he had just all the he had a fight like he just had that that uh that dog in him that was just was like he, he just didn't give up right the way no Woodley he's did. a great fighter he's a, he's on that on that fighter. short notice granted he was training that whole time that short notice fight so you know it, you know it wasn't like a, oh I, I was just eating burgers at uh freaking McDonald's and I got the call and then. I'm in there three days later, ready to go. I mean, he was training with Bo Nickel and all these guys. There is a burger prior. place he goes to, but it's not McDonald's. I just he goes to McDonald's the name though. It. He does. Okay, he, I thought there was oh, another he goes to McDonald's. There's a video of him eating double cheeseburgers for this plate, and people are like, "Dude, you're disgusting." He's always ate McDonald's. Yeah. For all we know, he might have gone outside <laughs> through that shit. Oh no, nah, man. No, no, I, I believe like that's how he eats. Just you know, that's just what he is. It's like I'm gonna get a, a McChicken and. Two double cheeseburgers and a and, and a shake, you know. I feel so yeah. terrible after I eat that stuff. Dude, I have immediate that, guilt. Oh, so, um, oh, he, garbage, um, yeah, um, he's an amazing fighter, and he's a great fighter. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I, he will. I, I, I can't stop ahead. thinking about Stephen Tom when I think about how adept and that that Masvidal is at striking and putting together intelligent combinations and fluid and how beautiful he strikes it blows me away that wonder boy just pieced him up like that oh, like yeah, you you yeah. you styles make fights man, nobody you know. wants to fight fun wonder boy man there can't yeah. be a person here that wants to fight him because he's going to embarrass anybody that doesn't have an amazing wrestling game someone had an analysis it might have been the weasel or somebody who said like masvidal is good when he could touch you when he could touch you it means he could like start to really gauge, you know, what works, what can work. You know, it, it gets his creativity kind of flowing with his striking when he could like just touch you and everything. He's like, okay, I can maybe set this up, set that up. Okay, like you're doing this, but you know, he couldn't touch Wonder Boy, so he wasn't able to sort of gather that information to sort of 
make those decisions, you know, during the fight and what could work for him on the feet. He was never able to touch my, or Wonder Boy, so he was just swinging and missing, and Wonder Boy was just touching him up over and over again. So it's like a style matchup. When he leaves this sport, we're going to be talking about him for years. For years. Wonder Boy? Yeah, for years. Yeah, he's great. He's great. We, I mean, and I, I hate to say this sport because, you know, there's Raymond Daniels is out there and stuff, but, uh, but as a UFC fighter, we're going to be talking about him for years because he takes guys like, who was the other guy, Vicente Luque, guys mm-hmm. that are hard guys, that embarrass guys, that smash people in the legs with leg kicks that, yeah. that will oh, really, yeah. really hurt you and knock you out. And he, and he basically embarrasses those guys. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. But so, back anyway, to the fight. Back to I the think, fight. I think Masvidal will, will get will look good compared to the other opponents that. Are we? Are, did we do all this to go? He'll look good, but he's gonna lose. Yeah. Nick, you've been. Yeah. I'm so frustrated right now. You know why? You know why I say that? Because Masvidal's good, man. He's not gonna win. I don't think he's gonna win. I'm not saying he's gonna win. I was hoping you were saying he's gonna, he's gonna win. I was I was counting no, on. I don't that. think he's gonna win. I don't think All he's right. gonna win. I think he has the best chances of winning compared to the other opponents, based on what I've saw. I thought, mm-hmm. you know, I thought, um, what's his face? Uh, Gilbert Burns had a really good chance of winning. Then he just, you know, we saw what happened there. And who was the other one? Was it that the only one? I think so. Yeah, but like I don't know. I was just really impressed by how, what Masvidal had in that fight, the last one. I was really impressed. So I think he could make the adjustments to do better, but um, it's not going to be enough. To be perfectly honest, I would be more interested to see Masvidal against Burns than Masvidal That'd against Usman. You know, yeah, personally. I, I think that's a more, more exciting matchup. Sure. Yeah. So, um, I'll take Kamara Usman. I mean, it might go, you know, three rounds to two, maybe four rounds to one. Yeah. It depends. Uh, George has the ability to knock him out. Uh, we saw him get touched up by Burns uh, in early in that fight in the first round, which really told us a lot about Usman. It told it's the first time that we've seen Usman get hit, get hit hard, get knocked silly, and then be able to recover and come back yeah. and win a fight. So it actually in in being hurt, he showed us a lot of what we didn't know that he could yeah. do. So. Can George capitalize on something like that and knock out Usman? Yes, I do believe that possibility exists. Uh, off of stunning him, a flying knee could happen if there's a woozy um, Usman. I believe that could happen. But if I was putting my money on it, I'd, I'd still put it three rounds to two. I think George yeah. will have some success. Uh, I'm sure his cardio will be excellent. For this fight, but it's not like fighting a guy like Nathan Diaz where he can just tee off on him. Um, I had to explain to Carl. So, my brother from Track Day, uh, Carlos De La Torre, uh, doctor, uh, the doctor, uh, and if you hadn't heard about him, I'll just want to talk about him for a second. Um, Carlos was another Cuban immigrant who his wife told. Uh, told me came here with his family with it. So he's maybe 35. So he's probably maybe a little okay. older than you. Yeah. Uh, he's more handsome than I wish he was because I would <laughs> like to be about 50% and 
as handsome as uh, Carlos De La Torre is. And Carlos came here with his family, might have been a Mariel Boatlift kind of a situation uh, from Cuba, and had got himself through school, did very well in high school, got into medical school and became a dentist. And now he's in a practice with a couple of other guys. And his passion is motorcycle track racing. So he was in your place. He was the co-host for me when we had Kayla on. And um, and uh, he is a fantastic motorcycle oh, rider. Cool. Way faster than I am. He was very, very upset with Usman foot stomping uh, on George Masvidal. He is not... A George Masvidal fanatic. Um, he likes George Masvidal, but he was very upset with um, with the way that the foot stomps. And I just said, you know, how do you feel about foot stomps, Nick? Well, they're fine. Okay. So you I don't, don't feel, with them. you don't have the same feeling about them like you and I. We don't really like the oblique kick. Yeah, the oblique kick definitely not the best thing, just because it doesn't. Hyperextended. Like, we've had this, yeah. Hyperextended. Yep. It, 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 it gives chronic, you know, damage to, Pain. Mm-hmm. to, to, to uh, fighters that they have to deal with through the rest of their life. So, yeah. I mean, foot stomps. I don't know if they do that. They might. They might. You know, I never heard of somebody, you know, shattering or breaking, you know, the small little bones in your in your foot and then having that pain, you know, throughout their whole life. I mean, if that's the case, then maybe. I'm not into foot stomps, but you know, reports haven't come out saying like fighters weren't be like, oh man, yeah, I got foot stomped by Chris Lieben. I'm kind of, I live now for the rest of my life. So people, like, uh, uh, I mean, you're in the actual the medical business and I'm not, but people generally come back from broken feet a lot better than they come back from stuff the like the knee joint. Yeah, it seems yeah, like any they kind can of joint. Yeah. Of, yeah. So, all right, so that's what I told him. I said, I don't love it, but it's just it's part of the sport and it's part of the rules and it's a very, very intelligent tactic to do against somebody like Masvidal, who's very crafty. And if he's worried about his feet, I mean, I know he plays it off very well and he, he makes faces and shakes his head, but if, if you get him thinking about protecting his feet, then he's not getting off the fence. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. It's just a it was brilliant. Yeah, I don't yeah. even need to take this dude down, man. I could just hold yeah. him here, and he can't move. And yeah. I'll just stomp him at the feet, and then I'll shoulder strike him, right? Yeah. And then he yeah. was doing the – he's hitting him in the thighs, you know, yeah. and he's just doing just all kinds of silly, neat little yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. So brilliant. So, yeah, I'll pick Kamaro Usman um, as well. So – um, that's about say, it. Okay, man. yeah. Real quick though, please. So, all right, Masvidal loses. Where, where do you think? Where do you think he goes if he can't win a belt? Now, where does he fit? This is like, the problem. The this is the problem, Nick. In today's UFC, it all comes down to how much money that this person wants, and we don't know what we're gonna. We used to be able to say, "Oh, well, this guy's gonna fight that guy, and they'll match up these guys because yeah. they're around. They're both coming off losses and." They have about the same, or they're both coming off wins. Now it's all a money game. And you heard just what I told you without knowing, without having inside information. I told you guys months ago. I said, I surmise that UFC has an amount they're spending on that card. And when they cap it, that's what they're spending on that fight. And it's not going over that. And then John yeah. Nash confirmed it, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I knew that's what they were doing. 
because that's the only reason that they would have told somebody like like Colby, who's very personally, you know, very tight with Dana. You know, they went to Trump rallies together. Masvidal, tight with Dana, went to Trump rallies together. All these guys, but they don't, all that gets washed away when they go, this is what we're paying you for this fight, and if you don't want to take it, we're going to the next guy. And that, and that's what ha- John just confirmed what I already sure. yeah. suspected was what was going on. Same thing yeah. with T. Wood, Colby, all these, this all whole these guys. Yeah, you could have made T. Wood versus Colby when T. Wood was winning. You know, when he yeah. was champ. I mean, there was. So, do you I, think he just sits out then until some? I think he'll. You know, yeah, he'll some, sit out like until some nice fight comes yeah. along, like a another Nate Diaz fight or I mean like what what money fight would he have if he doesn't win the title I think it'll be what, I, I think you already said what's going to happen he'll sit another out Nate Diaz. In, no not necessarily Nate Diaz he will sit out until they offer him a fight of somebody that he wants at the price he wants I think that's okay. what he'll yeah. do he'll sit out okay. until they say I don't think he's going to say oh I want to fight Burns next I don't I don't no, know that George no. is going to do that He'll fight what what he thinks he wants, a, a person that he goes, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense, and for how much, okay, I'll do that. They're not going to wow him. They're not going to. You and I discussed this one of those days when I was going out to the to the woods that day. We had a great conversation. The UFC will never allow somebody to become McGregor again. No, correct. To somebody correct. to call their shot, because yeah. they helped McGregor, and this is what you and I were debating about. They helped McGregor to become McGregor. You have to start with you. You have to start with the McGregor to become yeah, McGregor. Correct. But then they could promote. They could give him time at the dais by him. They don't have to give him time. Hey man, get the fuck off the dais and go in the back. You're done. Yeah. But they gave him all that leash, and now McGregor can say things like, "I don't want to fight this guy, um, Dustin. Get him out of my face." They will never again let a guy do that because now that guy's going to start saying, hey, you know what I think? We're basically business partners, aren't we? It's like, no, we're not. Now, should they be partners with the regret? Should they be business partners with, to some degree, all of these great fighters? Yes, but they don't want that. Uh, they let it happen with Connor under Frank and Lorenzo, but they're never going to do that again. No, they're never going to do that. You they're see what they're doing right. to Jones. Yeah. You know, Jones has made them millions of dollars. Filled up a fucking stadium in Atlanta beating up Rashad Evans. Yeah. You know, DC um, fights, the DC. Yeah, the DC know. fights exactly I were mean, huge. I mean, UFC 200. Yeah. Kind of shit. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm just curious to see what where Masvidal goes if he doesn't want to win the belt, you know, does he just kind of wait for just is he just going to be like kind of a gatekeeper with like high you profile know, fights or does he want to climb? Do you see him? You know, do I really see him trying to climb the ladder back and get get another shot at the title? It's like I don't know. I don't know where he. I don't know where he fits if he loses. I don't think he cares that. about the title that much. I mean, I think they offered him this. I don't know. I don't even know why they're doing this fight again. Because I'm really not. I don't know who I would want to see him fight. I would have looked. You know, I would. If you ask me right now, and I'll ask you, what do you yeah. want to see, Nick? Do you want to see Usman versus Masvidal, or do you want to see Masvidal versus Leon Edwards? I'd rather see Leon Edwards and Masvidal. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred fucking percent. Better So story. I don't know why we're, we're 
looking to see this fight again. He probably doesn't. He doesn't want to. Well, being in Masvidal's shoes, it's like, do you want to fight a guy who's lower ranked than you? But they can make him. They can. You've heard Josh Thompson say, okay, we're offering you Leon for this much money. You say no, we're going to come back to you in a year when when the time is up, when we have to offer you another fight. We're going to offer you Leon Edwards again. So... I don't Make think they it. would do that to George because they know the potential that he has. Now, say if it was somebody, because when Josh said that he was probably in the UFC, and you know Josh really wasn't you know a needle, a needle pusher, so they could do that to fighters. No, like he, Josh. he's no, he, to Josh. no. Josh said that Joe Silva <laughs> would would tell him that that was a tactic that they used, and yeah. I'm sure they probably still I'm use. I'm sure it, they still so. do that, you know. But like they contractually, against they can. A, yeah, against a guy like. Masvidal, who they know they could maybe you know squeeze some 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 good money out of him, they might not do that. I think it's because they they don't like Leon Edwards enough is the problem. They think that he has that absolutely no needle. That's one hundred percent it. I mean, because Masvidal is some guy like okay, he's a champion. He lives well, here in America. If they believe that, then why they give him Nate Diaz? Who? Mas or uh, Edwards? Oh, they, gave, they gave him, him Nate Diaz. Diaz? Yeah. What? Yeah. Really? That's the next card, Nate Diaz. Well, the only thing I could think about that is, oh, well, then it's pretty obvious what they're trying to do. What they're trying to do is they have a guy who hasn't lost in nine fights now. And some hype. And yeah, you beat the shit at it. First of all, nobody knows who he is. No one gives a fuck about who he is off aside from us, you know, that are the people in Britain, the hardcore (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean, I love you and I. We love him. Gina absolutely loves yeah, him. Great, fighter. you know all the the, the heavy duty, you know, people who who love the sport. And I, I mean, I, I find myself casual at this point. Uh, but but I I but you know, him, but yeah, you know. I know, and I love Leon Edwards' game. But uh, outside of that, the general public, uh, the people, the Conor McGregorists yeah. type yeah, of people in America, they don't know who the fuck he is. And if he beats Nate Diaz, now I have a marketable guy. I can have mm-hmm. him face Wonder Boy. I could have him face Gilbert Burns. I can have him rematch with Usman. I could set up a fight with Masvidal. But mm-hmm. Masvidal probably won't. You know, Masvidal's going to go, well, I already beat that punk. I already friggin' finished Nate Diaz. So it's, you know, it, it works out very well for them. I don't know why Nate Diaz is taking the fight. Me neither. But he might just That's need the so money. Strange, he probably man. needs the money. Probably needs the money, and he's like, you know, this guy's not a wrestler. It's gonna really take me down. Granted, he can do that. Oh, he totally, to. he totally will. He can and probably will take me. Probably Diaz will down. for sure, for sure. But like, if in he Nate wants Diaz's to, mind, if, he's probably yeah. like, well, you know, he 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 he, he you know he, he he's more of a striker, so you know he's gonna you know he's gonna embarrass me. Nate. He's he gonna, is. He is. He's gonna embarrass gonna, Nate. It's not gonna be. Light him up, man. It's not gonna be a good night. The way that he was looking against even Bilal. Um, Bilal had steamrolled everybody and he was lighting Bilal up pretty well. Um, I'm not saying he, you know, but he was lighting him up pretty good. He was. Um, it, this is not going to be a good fight. The only thing I could think of, I honestly, I'm, I'm not saying this like I know anything. I don't know anything about the Diaz brothers, but I assume that Nate needs money. That's the only reason I could see why he would take this fight. And they said, if you want to fight, and you want to get paid X, whatever it is that he usually makes, I'm sure it's pretty good, then you're going to fight this guy, and Nate's probably like, fuck it, I'll, I'll fuck that guy up. Because, like you said, okay, he's not a wrestler, um, and 
I want I want some money. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. Nick yeah. shown those videos of him working out in the pool. Maybe he is angling for a fight with one of these Paul brothers. I don't know what he's what he's doing. He, yeah, looks, he looks pretty. He looks pretty good. He looks, looks great. He looks yeah. better than he's looked in a long time. So, yeah. All right, Nicholas. Uh, we got to get out of here, man. Yeah. Um, covered and, a lot, man. Pretty good. Yeah, we did. We covered a lot of MMA ground. We didn't get to talk UFOs. I sent you that video. Yeah, yeah, From yeah. the debrief. I can you watch it while we're on the while we're on the line because I just want to get your impression of the video. I don't uh, think you're going to glean too much from the uh, photos. The video is only like 18 seconds. Okay, yeah, I'll watch it right now. Let's see if I could. I'm sure I'll I could do it, right it in now. screen share if I could figure out and do that. But you could probably do this quicker. Oh, yeah, there's screen share. Okay. Let's see here. Scroll down. You'll see the green screen because it's on night vision. Okay. So what we're talking about is the USS Russell. And the Navy, the Pentagon confirmed photo or video taken by naval personnel of a craft about 700 feet above the USS Russell, 100 miles, I believe, off coast of California. Uh, very far for a drone to travel, uh, okay? Of a triangular shape, no, not triangular, a pyramidal shaped craft of some sort do you see it yeah, my phone's kind of slow so it's kind of loading up the page is it, is it like on the bottom uh is yeah it it's down it? that's the problem is it's kind of hard to find it you'll see it it's in green it's it's so it's in green. crazy okay. yeah it's just loading so I don't... yeah i'm gonna try to load it up but what i want you people to get out of this i mean I've only seen a couple of UFO videos lately. One of them was from Puerto Rico that I find compelling. Uh, this is one of them that to me is inexplicable. And I'm going to try to show this to Nick when I can get to because there's so many ads and crap. The debrief got to yeah. make some money though, so I got to give know. him some love. Yeah. You gotta... um, there's a ship's report on it. And let me see, did I find it yet? Somehow I've scrolled all the way to the bottom. I think you found the video before me, Nicholas. Um, but I encourage everybody to take a look at this video. It's absolutely phenomenal. Did you find it? I think I did, but I don't know if it's, if it's able to play. It's just like a yeah. green photo, right? It's well. It's not just the photo, I know, but, but it's like, the video it, it of that. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know why they've it's got the it photo, hidden in here. I don't know. There's these other photos. There's nothing I can click but on. The blip. Yeah, you see the blimp-looking thing. That's yeah. up at like thirty thousand feet, right there. That's that crazy. metallic blimp thing. Those are. Yeah, um, I'm gonna have to go on another site. And I'm going to yeah, share no, it with you playing. so you can see it. Yeah, share it with me because okay. it's not playing on my phone. I just can't. Okay. Um, okay. Um, there we go. Okay, pyramid UFO video. Let me see. Just click on videos. And this is on YouTube. All right. Uploaded by CNN. 
Okay, let me share screen with my brother Nick Kazono-san. Okay, here it is. Okay, there it is. Can you see that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. All right, let's see. I'm going to scroll over. Is that it? No. Okay, this... Or did we already miss it? This is showing the gimbal, the videos that you've already seen, I believe. So it must be just... Okay, oh, it's go. right the at beginning. the beginning here. Okay, now watch these pyramids. Can you see those? Yeah. Now what the hell is that, Nick? That's a pyramid that flies. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Something. <laughs> Confirm that video. How about that, man? That is some crazy, crazy shit, man. So, anyway, I, th I thought... Oh, you can hear him, right? Yeah, the, if, you, if you've never heard the Navy gimbal video, those, the stuff that those guys say, um, you'll know that you're looking at something that's different because they're going, look at that thing. Look at it. It's rotating. <laughs> and they're like... It, it's it's sitting there. The, the winds are 120 knots to the west. Like drones, you know those quadcopter drones. They can't do shit like that. So, um, watch UFO videos. The government is really uh, giving us a lot of access lately. Uh, they're supposed to produce a 180 day report, which we expect in June, which will probably be delayed another 180 days. But nonetheless, the Pentagon is allowing us to see videos like the one that you just saw on the Russell that they confirm it is an authentic video taken by naval personnel meaning not a guy in his backyard or a guy with yeah, uh, CGI yeah. and just to give you guys a clue things that are shaped like pyramids that don't have wings and propulsion in our world those things don't fly okay so suffice it to say we need some source of lift we need propulsion. We need to hear an engine. We need to hear prop rotors. We need something. That's how stuff flies in our world. I don't know how they're doing it in other worlds, but that's that's. Uh, um, someone pointed out it, it was flashing like an aircraft anti-collision light. It is flashing like an aircraft anti-collision light, but it's not an aircraft anti-collision light. It's a fucking pyramid, a three-dimensional object <laughs> flying. So, pretty freaky. Also, for anybody that's uh, into UFOs, Aguadilla, so that's A-G-U, go look up a video on YouTube called the Aguadilla UFO video. So that's A-G-U-A-D-I-L-L-A, -L -L Aguadilla. It was shot by, this video was shot through um, in a uh, Westcam MX-15 sensor. This was the type of camera that I flew with for a while when I was active duty, so I'm familiar with somewhat with it and customs and border patrol in puerto rico shot this video of an unidentified flying object or uap unidentified aerial phenomenon and it's some of the most compelling video i've seen in my life uh because when they zoom in on this object it's sort of shape shifting while it's flying and you can't Crazy. see see the heat source of it so, like, if you were looking at a quadcopter drone, assuming they could fly, like, 
a hundred knots or however fast this thing's flying. Mm-hmm. Um, you would see the propellers, you would see the heat source because you're looking through an IR camera. Uh, you'd see the battery, the battery would be hot. You can't see any of that. You see this video, this object that looks like it's tumbling and shape-shifting as it's traveling. It flies right over an airport like, fuck you. Like I'm, you know, and you don't do that when you're, you know. um, They shut down the airport for this. What you're going to see near the end of the video that makes this very similar to what the USS Russell saw is this object is going to go into the water but without a splash. So you'll see it fly up to the water and then just fly into the water without the water going, spraying up and in, okay? Huh. It's going to come out of the water and then be two objects like what you just saw and then accelerate and fly and fly some more. Oh, wow. it's crazy. The guys on the USS Russell, uh, there's some actually on that debrief page, you'll see they saw an orb fly in the water they go into the water but they don't make a big splash when they go in so we don't know how they do it how they fly what propulsion mechanism they use but it's not thermodynamic the way that turboprop aircraft are um internal combustion aircraft are jet engines are turbofan all the shit that we use solid rocket booster all the stuff that we're familiar with that makes heat anything that propels an aircraft it uses uh an exchange of heat to to create that propulsion mm-hmm. uh we don't th- these don't display that characteristic so there you go all right nick nice yeah all right man uh what song am i going to take us out on uh let's see do we oh i think we should go back to black sabbath here we go okay down with that yeah can you hear it Nick Cazono, this is DJ San Marco saying peace out, one love, and we'll see you down the road. <laughs>